This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome into another Bar Conversations, and it's a fun one. We close out January, and in honor of dry January, we have our 10th flight night with Spiritless Michael Toscano here with us, along with our crew. Remember, check out all our past episodes where we have a lot of fun. Uh, talking to a lot of musicians we also do tasting notes where we talk craft beer cocktails whiskey uh, a lot of fun you got to check those out on all of our all the podcast players youtube facebook uh, find us at hopspirits.com but like i said we're here for our 10th flight night i can't believe a year ago i had my first first one of these and now we're on number 10 and it's kind of fitting that for the 10th one i have back for the third time but in a different way uh, michael toscana who who we joked beforehand we're going to call him the former cocktail guru uh, and now the Spiritless National Director of Trade Marketing, Michael, welcome in. Jonathan, thanks for having me back, man. It is, uh, yeah, it's gonna, this can be an interesting show, right, compared to the last few that we've done together. Uh, but I'm excited to, to talk about this new venture and this new space that's kind of being carved out in, uh, in the industry, but especially in, in the whiskey side of things, too. So thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm excited to chop it up. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. And with with the crew tonight, we have Seth. He's back once again. Seth, welcome in. Jonathan, looking forward to a good night. And and, and to be honest, Seth, I don't know if you're going to be as in trouble after our last one where we had dragon's milk and we had a little bit too much fun <laughs> uh, with what we're doing tonight. That one got a little interesting. <laughs> and, and for the first time on the crew is Brandon Evans. Brandon, welcome in. Thanks for having me. Now all these guys uh, enjoy a good pour, and and Michael is the same way. And Michael, you know, before we were talking Woodford with you, uh, I think the last time I had you on, we were talking about the Derby, some cocktails you can make for your, your Derby party. But now we're talking Dry January. Um, what, what, what's going on here? What, what what is this thing that you have given us? The Spiritless <laughs> Kentucky Seventy Four. Yeah, so uh, Spiritless Kentucky Seventy Four is a non-alcoholic bourbon whiskey distillate uh, that is taking the world by storm right now. Uh, we are a brand that started in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we are a female-founded, female-run uh, brand. Uh, Lexi Larson, um, Lauren Chitwood, and Abby Ferguson started our brand. Uh, Lauren and Abby had a event planning experiential company in Louisville called Odeon, and they worked with the big whiskey houses, right? Brown Foreman was a major client of theirs, and um, a lot of times when they would come to uh, set up events for these these organizations, they'd come to them kind of last minute and kind of realize that, hey, we forgot that we need to have a non-alcoholic option. We need to have something available for people that aren't drinking. And it can't be juice. It can't be tea. It can't be something with a lot of sugar. It's got to be look and feel like a cocktail. And what they came to realize was, you know, we can go to the craft cocktail bartenders of the world and ask them to create drinks for this event. And then we have the issue of the um you know the bartender that's just working the event space not being able to recreate the drink uh, or we can't get that figured out and and they kind of looked around and said you know there's an opportunity here in a space uh you know we should just do it ourselves and uh and and, and credit to them uh you know they, they've really gone about it the right way and, and are, are building this beautiful product flexi larson uh comes from a long line of, of distillers her family's been distilling um whiskey and bar sound for six generations so there was a a lot of opportunity there to kind of lean in on, on some of that and, and really help develop this. They brought some consultants in um, and really worked on the flavor in this unique patent pending process that we use to create our product. Uh, and, uh, you know, here we are a few years down the line, you know, we're hiring people all around the country. 
the NA space is exploding. Um, and uh, we're just happy to be a part of uh, part of that renaissance. Well, and, and tonight we're going to do something a little different compared to what we do on flight nights. Normally we're trying four or five different ver expressions, varieties, and we're going to do three different cocktails because this is more of a, a cocktail uh, type um, drink, you know, in, in that kind of space. So the first one that we're going to make is an old fashioned. And uh, for those that don't know how to make an old fashioned, you want to kind of explain the, the proper way as, as we go through this and make it ourselves. Sure. So, you know, the, the old fashioned is, is the, the grandfather of whiskey cocktails. It's the most popular whiskey cocktail. It's still the twist of time. It is the most basic of drinks as well. It is quite literally just whiskey, uh, bitters, a little bit of sugar and water. Um, so for our recipe though, and, and you kind of hit on this a little bit, right? Non-alcoholic products, they're a little bit different than, than traditional whiskey or traditional non-alcoholic spirits really. Uh, and I think it's been kind of important to talk about that um, as we get into this. So when you remove ethanol from a distillate, which is something that we're doing, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that process here in a second, but you, you remove the burn of alcohol, but you also remove a little bit of, of the weight. Uh, and so a non-alcoholic spirit really has kind of the mouthfeel and texture of a tea. Uh, so it's really unique in that we have some fun ways that we can recreate some of those velvet textures that we're so used to when we drink a non-alcoholic, or I'm sorry, an alcoholic spirit. So for our products, instead of a traditional recipe of two ounces of whiskey, quarter to half an ounce of sugar and bitters, we're actually gonna adjust this one a little bit. We're actually gonna add two and a half ounces of Kentucky 74, and then a quarter ounce, maybe even a little bit less of what we would call an extra rich uh, Demerara syrup. And all that is, so simple syrup is traditionally just one part sugar to water. Right, that's a traditional, really easy one to do. So a rich syrup is just two parts sugar to one part water. And what you're doing is you're just creating a little bit more of a thicker syrup to help kind of replicate that richness that we're missing because the ethanol is not there. And then we want to have a little bit less sugar in the old fashioned because you don't have the ethanol to cut through the sweetness. So if you did like a traditional old fashioned with half an ounce of simple syrup in our product, it's going to be really sweet. So, and then we do a little bit more because we're not gonna stir this over ice like a bartender would. You're gonna build this in a glass, give it a little bit of a stir, and then you're gonna add ice to it to just chill it down. Because if you start to stir it up in a mixing glass like a traditional bartender would, you're gonna dilute it really quickly and you're gonna make it really thin. And so we don't wanna do that either. So in a cocktail glass, you're gonna do your two and a half ounces of Kentucky 74, your quarter ounce or less of your uh, rich Demerara syrup, and then two to three dashes of Angostura bitters. Right, as much as you want there. I think that, you know, bitters like salt and pepper. I think that's kind of up to everybody. You know, the traditional recipe is about three dashes. Um, and then, you know, give it a couple stirs to make sure it's mixed in, add your ice, give it that orange swath garnish over the top uh, to express your orange oil. And then you've got a really beautiful, light, old fashioned, you know, that hits all the flavor notes you want, but isn't necessarily going to punch you in the mouth like, like a traditional uh, whiskey old fashioned would. I was gonna say I, I, I enjoy good old fat old oh, eh. apparently uh, this is getting to me uh, I enjoy good old-fashioned uh, <laughs> are we sure there's nothing in this no, yeah but did you grab the right bottle <laughs> I think so I think so um, if you ask people the some things I I get tongue-tied even before uh, I start having fun so um, I enjoy a good old-fashioned this is kind of nice to just have when you're sitting around you know after a long day and you don't always want to hit the hard stuff um, I'm curious to see what Brandon has to say, because 
he's an old-fashioned guy that's that's him and uh, his lady those are some of their favorite drinks so i'm curious to see what he has to say i'm very interested especially if you got a little tongue-tied after the first couple of drinks that's just <laughs> that's just me yeah you ought to see see me on some of these other ones especially when i try to say names i'm lucky that michael's been on this a few times because otherwise i'd have butchered his name <laughs> Seth, I, I see you, because you, you never, you didn't try this beforehand, like Brandon and I, where we bent the rules a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, well, I did bend the rules just a touch. I, I poured it in and, and had it, like, you know, neat first. Uh, and uh, you were you're right, Michael, it's got that, like, almost tea mouthfeel, like this, uh, when you compare it to Burberry, it feels like it's missing something. Uh, but when you combine it all, I mean, it tastes, it tastes like an old-fashioned. It's good. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's really important, you know, as, as we kind of talk about this before we start recording and, and as we get into the NA space in general, not just our products, but I mean, I think if you look at any of them, it's really important, especially in the spirit side of things, they're not intended to be drank neat or on the rocks, really. I mean, I, there are people out there that like that, and that's, you know, obviously we want you to enjoy it how you want to enjoy it, but the intention of these things are not necessarily to replace that feeling of having a neat pour or a rocks pour. But when you're putting it into a, a cocktail, you know, you are going to be missing a little bit of something because you don't have that ethanol in there, right? My, my wife, uh, credit, she, I got to give her credit for this. When I first started, she's like, we're, NA spirits are like the dairy alternative to spirits. Like you would, you wouldn't necessarily have a glass of oat milk, right? But in a latte or in cereal or in baking, like you can stuff, you can supplement that in and it's going to get you where you want to go. It might be a little bit different, but it's going to fill the need. Um, and, and I think that's really important when we talk about this, this category in general, because what we're seeing is we don't want to get a consumer to just go grab it, put it on a rock, have a sip, expect it to be whiskey, and then, you know, ride it off when you can do something as simple as an old fashioned and really kind of elevate it. And then to your point too, you know, we're not just an NA product, right? We can be a low ABV product. We work really, really well in a split base. Uh, we actually trademarked the term have these. Uh, and it essentially is just taking exactly what it sounds like, split basing your um, Kentucky 74 with your favorite bourbon whiskey, and you create a low ABV old-fashioned or Manhattan or whiskey sour or mint julep for derby season. You know, derby's a long day of events, right? We want to make it to the end of the race. Now you have a way where you can split base or even maybe work in a completely NA julep along the way, but still have all the whiskey flavor you want. So I think that it's a, a really unique space that we're occupying with that as well. Brandon, what do you think? It's like Seth said, it smells like has that tea smell, but mm -hmm. it's very, I think it's really good for exactly what it is. You know, um, I taste, I was telling Jonathan this earlier, but I taste like peat is what I kind of get that back taste of, like kind of like a peated scotch, really, but is what I did, I get that flavor. But I don't yeah. get I don't get a strong flavor of it. But it's just that little hint uh, that honestly, that if I didn't know any better, I wouldn't know that it was, you know, non-alcoholic. But <laughs> um, you know, seriously, because I get that that kind of smoky, you know, that kind of that feel that you get from a peated whiskey. Well, I don't I don't want anybody out there to think that you're a plant in this podcast, but that's a perfect segue into kind of talking about <laughs> talking about uh, about the dis, you know our production process because I think that's super important. 
Uh, you know, we, we talked about Lexi a little bit ago and her family and, and, and you know, really leaning into, we wanted to create a, a distillate. We did want to buy, you know, a glycerin-based liquid and macerate and, you know, try to create the flavor. We wanted to do it the right way. Um, and it actually started with them, like, you know, whirly pops and, and PVC pipe in a basement and grabbing, you know, handles of, you know, high proof bourbon off the shelf at the Total Wine and, you know, liquor barn and like trying to reverse distill in a basement. Like that's how it started. Um, and, you know, they went and visited all the distilleries and talked to, to the, you know, those guys and said, hey, you know, how can we do this? And everybody was very much like, stop doing it the way you're doing it because you're going to blow your house up kind of a situation. And, and, and they really, you know, honed in on this process where we take a, um, a neutral grain corn-based distillate, 180 proof, really, we need it to be high proof because it's got to have something at the end. They were working with stuff off the rack, you know, but there just wasn't enough in it to make it through the process. So 180 proof, neutral grain, uh, corn-based distillate, that's what we're shooting for. We do what's called a thermal extraction. And I think, Brandon, this is where you're getting some of that smoke and that peat from. So we take three terroirs of American oak, with three different toast levels, three different char levels. And don't think of like staves, but think more of like pellets, like, like wood pellets. We put it into a, essentially what equates to a basket. And we do a low and slow cook with the neutral grain spirit to extract all those flavors that we want out of the wood and to help kind of put some age on that product. And then from there, we put it into a stainless steel pot still and we distill it like a traditional whiskey. But instead of taking a cut from the heart, there are parts of the heads and tails that we can take that miss all the congeners and the fusel oils and all the bad things that we all know are in the heads and tails, but there's still flavor in those things where we can pull that don't have the alcohol we don't want, but have all the flavors we want. We're missing all those things that give you the hangover and all the sugars and all that bad stuff towards the end. Uh, and we essentially distill it like that. And then it comes out, you know, we do a, a large batch run like most bourbon houses do to create a consistent flavor profile. Um, you know, and it, you get this beautiful shelf-stable, non-alcoholic distillate that has all the essence of bourbon without the alcohol. So, um, you know, it's a patent-pending thing. That's that's literally all I can tell you because that's all I know <laughs> that I've had to learn. There's still so many questions that, that they won't answer for me yet either. Um, but, you know, I think it's a testament to the quality of the product. It's a testament to they knew if they were going to do it, they want to do it the right way. Um, and I think that's why you can have an old-fashioned and, you know, go from having it neat, not being sure how to use it, and then having it with a handful of ingredients anybody has around the house, and all of a sudden it becomes a, a cocktail that, you know, you couldn't even tell necessarily it wasn't alcoholic. And, and how, the, you know, because we, we talked about this a little bit, maybe at the beginning and beforehand, because I always, even when I've done some of the tasting notes with, with some of the guys on, 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 the, on the show about dry January, you know, it's not apples to apples, because if you're expecting that, you might be disappointed um, but if you go in it with kind of an open mindset, you know, you, you could be impressed. And how, so how does it kind of act like a bourbon, but not really be a bourbon? I mean, I, th I think it, it all goes back to the, the mouthfeel and the burn are not going to be the same, right? I think the, the flavor profile is, is pretty close. I mean, I think, honestly, I think it's, it's right on. I mean, for me, I like drinking this product. I drink it with just soda water, with just a highball or a whiskey ginger. And all of the essence that I want for, in my head, right? So I haven't had a drink in over two years. It reminds me of exactly what a whiskey highball tasted like when I was drinking whiskey highballs, right? So for me, because the soda water or the ginger beer or whatever, it's cutting the burn and the weight anyway, but the flavor of bourbon is still there at the end. So I think for all intents and purposes, you know, that is the biggest 
differentiation between a foolproof spirit and a non-alcoholic spirit. Um, you know, we aren't adding, there are some out there that will, will add a little bit of pepper to try to replicate that, that burn. Um, you know, what you're getting from us is coming from the wood and it's as natural as it can be, which I think is also pretty unique to us. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then you, you talked a little bit about uh, Lauren and Abby and Lexi and, and how they kind of got, got started, but can you, you know, what was their journey like with this? Cause I, you know, you kind of gave the, the, I call it the cliff notes version, but you know, once they kind of got it up and running, there's still a lot more that goes, goes into trying to sell people on a spiritless bourbon. Sure. Um, you know, look, this is what, this is what I can say. So I came on, um, in August of this year and I was their first like full-time, um, employee. They, I mean, in, in the sense of like a marketing or sales role. Uh, they had people that are helping them build the brand. They helped people that are out there, um, you know, fundraising and doing those kinds of things. I mean, I, I would tell you that I, what I do know is you know, they faced a lot of opposition. I mean, as, as four men on this call, let's be very honest, it's a good old boys club and it's difficult to innovate in, in American whiskey and especially in bourbon, right? And so for them to to do that, there was, there's been a lot of that that they've had to face and overcome um, and, and a credit to them. And uh, I legitimately have goosebumps right now. Like I have so much respect for the three of them and, and what they've gone through. And um, they've been, you know, they've never lost sight of the goal. And so now we sit here, uh, you know, end of January in 2022, I came on in August and we have, uh, you know, a full team of regional directors. We have, uh, we're bringing on sales reps every single day from around the country. Um, we have, you know, news coming down the pipe in the next, you know, I, I don't know, TBD, whenever, you know, but, but a lot of really good things are happening. Um, and it's just a matter of the fact that they're just, they're, they, they believe in themselves, they bet on themselves and, and they believe in the product and they believe in us. And um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, I, don't, I mean, it's turned into an infomercial for how great they are now, but like that's, <laughs> I just, I can't, I, w I wouldn't have left with Woodford Reserve to come in and do this if I wasn't all in on the, on the three of them um, and what they're doing. And it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to be a part of it. And, and now we're going to do our, our second cocktail. So uh, talk us through the whiskey sour because we're going to go halvesies and then we'll talk a little bit about halvesies yeah. and, and why that. So, 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 right, so this, this is, so we talked about the stirred cocktail and how you don't build on ice and straw on ice, right? And Excuse me. So I wanted to do a shake and drink as well because there's another little twist in this when you're making this at home. So you're going to build this in the cocktail shaker. We're doing a, a whiskey sour. So uh, you're going to do for the halvesies, we'll do one ounce of Kentucky 74 and then one ounce of whatever uh, bourbon whiskey is your preference. Traditionally, you're going to do three quarter ounces and three quarter ounces of lemon juice and honey. But once again, going back to the sweetness of our product without the burn, uh, and we want a little bit more acid, we're actually going to change it a little bit. So you're going to do one ounce of lemon juice and half an ounce of just a, a simple syrup or that rich demerara. I think is what we sent you guys in the kit. You can absolutely use that. And then we get to a point of contention <laughs> in the whiskey sour history, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you go to a craft cocktail bar, you're more than likely going to have a bartender put an egg white in your, in your whiskey sour to make it a little bit frothier. 
uh, versus going to, you know, everyone's favorite neighborhood bar, right, to watch a sporting, sporting event, you're probably not going to get anything in there. They're going to shake it up and put it on ice, uh, which is also delicious. Um, there is another way to do the foam without the egg, and it's called aquafaba, which is just the liquid found in a chickpea. That's correct, Jonathan. You got it. Um, it's just a liquid found in chickpeas in a can of chickpeas. So if you've got a can of chickpeas in your pantry, you've got aquafaba. Uh, you need about an ounce of that. So good rule of thumb, whether you're doing a egg white cocktail or aquafaba, it's about an ounce that goes into it. So you're going to put the bourbon, the lemon juice, the honey, or I'm sorry, the simple syrup and the aquafaba into the shaker. You're not going to put any ice in the shaker. So we call that a dry shake and you shake, shake the crud out of it. Give it a good five to seven second, like just because you want to aerate it because you want that foam to wake up. So Jonathan, that's like a four. I need you to shake it like a 10 and a half. Because I got to go cast to... on this and shake it like a Polaroid <laughs> picture. That's right. That's right. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. And all you're doing is you're, you're still forcing air into a cocktail, right? I think that that's the point of shaking a drink is you want to aerate it and, and get some foam in there. But it'll help kind of emulsify everything together. But we don't want to over dilute. So once again, you're better off just... You know, you can throw an ice cube in if you want, but ultimately you can just put it over ice and then give it maybe a stir with a spoon and it'll chill on its own and, and you'll be set there. And then you could use, I think we gave you lemons. You could do a little lemon expression over the top. You always want some kind of citrus expression over the top in a whiskey sour. If you're using an egg white or aquafaba because you're gonna get a musty aroma from the egg white. So the lemon citrus actually helps kind of cut through that. Um, and then kind of let your palate know you're about to have something with citrus, which helps you taste the lemon juice. I just woke up my entire household by dropping things. I swear <laughs> I'm, it's all alcohol free so far. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon had the best shake. I'm just saying. What? Brandon had the, you had the best shake. I'm just saying. He, he's the more experienced foam, one. The foam on, so I don't, I'm just, do your listeners know we can see each other while we do yes, this? Yes, yes, there is video. Yeah, so, too, so. <laughs> oh, great, perfect. So Seth's foam, it looks great. Yeah, I think that looks, that looks fantastic. I was, uh, that I was surprised at how foamy it came out. Mm -hmm. So what was, I guess I'm curious what the bourbon was everybody used to match with 74. I and then what your them, thoughts are with the drink. Um, I did Wheel Horse um, out of Owensboro. Well, they're, they're, that's where they source it from, is, is Owensboro. Um, I, I, I like the combo of this. Yeah. What Wizard. typical Wizard. Appreciate that. Nothing wrong with that. I went with old, um, my go-to house, Old Faithful Bullet Rock. Nice. Ooh, a little spice. Yeah, put a little spice in there too. I like that. So I think this is a, I, I guess, Jonathan, you you like it, Seth, Brandon, Brandon? We have a head tilt from Brandon on that. I appreciate that. Yeah. That that one, that one was a little surprising. <laughs> like in a good way, like for real. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, because yeah, you. Oh, go for it, Seth. I say like, you wouldn't expect it to be the halvesies when you drink it that's good now and, and michael before when or when brandon picked up all this stuff today uh he, he goes 
how honest do I have to be? I go, you gotta, you gotta be honest. We got, we're, we're, we're with, with someone I know. We gotta be honest. He goes, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so he's being honest on, on that one. So you, you talked a little bit too about the, the go, go have So you, you talked a little bit, what is that? Why would people maybe look into that? Um, and, and kind of how does that play too? Cause obviously that's going to drop the ADV. Yeah, I mean, so that that's really where we're at, right? That's that's the that's the piece of it. I think what's important here, <laughs> I always kind of tell the story when I talk about Havsies. When when they first told me about Havsies, I thought it was I didn't get it. I, and then the last thing as a former bartender, like the last thing I want is another bottle pickup when I'm making a drink, right? I don't want another step. But every single event that I have done in my entire time as in this role, it has been the the best way for us to introduce this product to people and they have been so receptive to it. And I think the most important piece here, once again, our brand, but the category in general, we're not a, while I am sober, we are not a sober product, right? We are here for, I've come to say like, we are for anyone, anytime, but we aren't for everybody all the time, right? So this is, this is a situation where like, you have a long night ahead of you and you're out with your friends, you want to drink, but you know, you've got, you're going to be out for hours. Like this is a great way to get started or you've been out and you need a break. It's a great way to work that in. You're hosting your in-laws at your house and you don't want to get in trouble. Like, I mean, like those are things that are, are there, but there's also a wellness piece to this too, right? I think that uh, we have to acknowledge as an industry, we have brands have wellness events and then give you alcohol afterwards, which is kind of a contradiction to some degree a little bit, right? Um, you know, we look at our product, it's 15 calories for two ounces, less than a gram of sugar, serving we're gluten-free we're vegan we, you know, we check all of those boxes and so it happens is just another great way to, to literally take your abv from 30 40 percent in a cocktail down to under 20 um and and then also help lower your sugar lower your carbs or all those other things as well um so this isn't just for people that don't want to drink anymore this is for people that hey i want to i want to live a healthier life or i want to take a break today or like you know, I still want to go for that run later tonight, or I, you know, I just left yoga and I feel great, but I still want a whiskey sour. Like, so I think that all of those things are there. And I think that comes from, you know, their experience in, in creating events and creating experiences all around Louisville, right? You know, you want people to leave that event feeling great. And this is a product that can let them enjoy their time there and then also still leave and, and have a wonderful night ahead of them or next day. Yeah, the, the next day is, is always good as all of us, I think, have to work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> um, 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 you know, I might just, get an adult snow day tomorrow. Well, that's true. That's true. We, <laughs> th- those do 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 occur. And Kentucky's actually been getting some snow. I know you just left uh, from from Kentucky, Michael. Um, yeah, so. you've got more snow, I think, in Kentucky than we've got in New York. I think we're going to get snow tomorrow, but we've only had one little dusting, and I feel like Kentucky has had more snow days in New York at this point. So now for, for, for the panel here, Seth and Brandon, what, what's your thoughts about, you know, this being something that you could talk someone into or just slip it into a, a drink and, and see what they think? Well, for me, I'm probably going to have two more of these after we finish this. Um, <laughs> this is really good. Um, I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you have any problem with it. I mean, I think you, you would as you you two know you know Seth and Jonathan that you know we like to my wife and I we like to entertain a lot so um, I think you could definitely throw this in some cocktails and nobody would know anything none the wiser I mean honestly I, I think it's it gives you that it gives you that flavor and that 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 just that profile that would 
you would think it was, you know, the same bourbon or whiskey or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I don't think you have any issue with it. Well, and I also find it interesting all three of us used a slightly different bourbon too and all got a, a pretty similar result that we enjoyed it. Yeah. Seth, what did you, you, you went for just the, the uh, regular Woodford? Was that in honor of Michael in, in his past life? It, it was. He was talking about Woodford, and I was like, oh, I've got a bottle. <laughs> be perfect. The, the, now, Michael, you, you talked a little bit about this with cocktails and making this, and we'll get to our third one here in a second. I figure we'll, we'll I'll try to finish this one first before we, we finish our last one. What's the biggest difference when using spiritless? Because obviously you, you've touched on this as we go. You got to kind of adjust some things. So what, what, what are you most likely going to have to adjust and how does one kind of pay attention to that as they're maybe making some things on their own and, and trying to have a little bit of, of fun and experimentation? Yeah, so I think dilution is a big one, right? Because, you know, we, we've talked about when you put this on a rock or drink it neat on its own it already is a little bit thinner, right? The texture is already thinner. And then if you add water, you're just stretching it out even further. Um, so I think something that I that I actually have in my house is a bottle of, like I did a pre-bachelor fashion and I just put it in my fridge because it, it's, 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 it can stay in there, right? And it just chills it. And that way I can just put it right on ice when I come home and have my old fashion ready to go. And so, and you're talking about just adding, you know, towards what, five ounces of sugar to it simple syrup to your bottle and you've got it set um so i think dilution is one people gotta you know when you're making the drink thinking about that and then sweetness i think is is really the other piece of that too right i think if you do a traditional recipe or if you're used to having half an ounce of uh you know syrup metal with mint and your julep i would maybe back it down to a quarter ounce um for your first run on the only old-fashioned you know or maybe add an extra dash of bitters in your old-fashioned i'm sorry in your julep or add an extra dash of bitters in your old-fashioned or something like that to help kind of cut that out um another thing we haven't talked about this but ginger is a really great flavor to add to help elevate the spice to give you some of that ethanol-y kind of burn so whether that's like there's brands that make ginger bitters or just taking ginger and putting it into the syrup when you make it like you know uh just peel it off right and then really chop it up and just add it into the syrup and then when it boils just reduce the heat and let it sit for 10 minutes and then you'll have a ginger spice syrup and that also can help replicate some of the burn um that, that you were missing without having the ethanol and is there anything to what like watch out for like yeah don't 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 do that <laughs> besides maybe doing throwing in a little ice and so forth <laughs> um no, <laughs> I <don't even. laughs> there, there is, a, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at like, um, you know, my, it's funny, my home bar is right here and it, you know, it's shifted over the years to a lot of, we have a lot of NA products because we want to try everything that comes out, uh, my wife and I, and, um, you know, th there really isn't anything holding us back from being integrated into any whiskey cocktail that you're used to doing. Really, I think if you just, if you just watch dilution and watch sweetness, you can do anything. With, with our product that you would do with regular with regular whiskey so no i think yeah you know, no <laughs> do whatever you want with it yeah do whatever you want with it i'm going to try to reduce it and make a syrup with it you know we're going to do some fun stuff i like that i like that uh, it sounds like you guys are going especially next snow day you guys probably have if you ever get one you know, yeah. you'll have a little bit of fun at, at home um, yeah so, for sure so for our, our third and final uh 
cocktail, we're going to go halvesies on a hot toddy. So walk, walk me through this, walk us through this. Um, Cause I'll be honest, so, I don't know if I've actually had a toddy. Like ever? At possibly. It's funny. Cause it's my, my wife's grandmother's favorite drink. She has one of those at four o'clock every day. It used to be five. She's gotten to 93 now. So it's, it's, it's moved up a little bit. <laughs> It'd be 11 o'clock in the morning if she wants. She's earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy hours uh, so, anytime you want to be. That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I chose this drink for a couple reasons. I chose it one because it's cold and it's winter and hot patties are, are fantastic. Two, this also lives in that highball space that I was talking about because it's a really simple drink and the hot water would cut the burn and the weight anyway in a toddy but the flavors still shine through like this is the one that i feel like if you gave this to anybody i don't know that they would know it was non-alcoholic um so in a mug or a, a toddy glass or whatever you're going to do an ounce and a half of um you do two ounces really of kentucky 74 or the the one ounce of each of each product uh, just to keep the math easy right so one ounce of woodford and one ounce of kentucky 74 uh you're going to do half an ounce of honey, uh, a honey syrup. If you cut it, it's uh, just one to one sugar or honey to water, but about half an ounce of that, maybe a little bit less and you can always add more if you want. And then just a little splash of lemon juice. So if you've got a little bit of, uh, if you you know juice the lemon for the whiskey sour, if you've got a little bit left, you really just need, you know, like a spoon's worth of lemon juice. Uh, that's another one that I always recommend go light and then you can always add a little bit more if you want a little bit more tartness in your, in your hot toddy. And then once you've got that in the toddy glass, you're literally just going to put hot water into the glass, give it a stir, and then, you know, take a lemon wheel, cut a lemon wheel off the lemons we gave you. I think we gave you cinnamon sticks too, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you feel so inclined if you've got a, uh, if you smoke and you've got maybe got a lighter near you or something, you could light it up towards the cinnamon stick a little bit, maybe if not, no big deal. And it just goes in and becomes a really nice aromatic in the hot toddy. Um, and, and, and you're set, you know, I think uh, when I first started making hot toddies, I was so surprised that it was that simple, but it's delicious. And it's you've never seen me make a cocktail. Everything that people tell me is simple. I try. <laughs> Doesn't always go well, but I'm getting. You've better. done well so far. Everything looks great. You've done tonight. Well, and I even do a video series called Cocktail Thirty, where I try to not screw up things. Uh, sometimes they go well because I, I try to do a little riff on, on some things from time to time. But others, man, it just—I I don't know what I do wrong. But you know, maybe it's me. I don't know. <laughs> I hate to admit it, Jonathan. After the grief you got over not having a hot toddy, but I've never had one either. <laughs> uh, Michelle and I were actually talking about making one like a week and a half ago or something before I even knew I was doing this one with you. And then, uh, of course, she's already been saying, well, you're going to have to make me one now. <laughs> so, we'll see how it goes. We'll let her try the Kentucky 74 as well. This is uh, this is another drink. You know, we're giving you the, the bare bones of it. Hot toddy, similar to an old fashioned. They're great drinks because you can really, you can modify making your own with, a, with really not a lot of work, right? So like whether you change your bitters in your old fashioned, this is another one where like, if you have some ginger and you chop it up, put it in the, you know, add honey and water equal parts, a little bit of ginger, you could put allspice, nutmeg, cloves, cinnamon, all those mold spices. You could make a really amazing ginger spice honey syrup and use that in the time. And like, it just elevates all the other flavors, right? So like, 
and it would take you 10 minutes, you know, on your stovetop in your house. And so the, the, that's a, kind of a fun one. You could always add black tea or any really any kind of tea that you want if you don't want to just use water and it gives you a whole other level of flavor. Black tea is really kind of like, has been the common whiskey replacement and, and from an NA standpoint, right? So like the last two derbies with Woodford, I drank a lot of black tea, mint julep. Like that was kind of what you had as your, as your option. Um, so you could always do tea instead of water as well and just gives you another level of flavor. But realistically, the OG lemon, honey, bourbon water is perfect. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I could see why people enjoy a hot toddy on a, on a cold, cold day. Um, yeah, no, that, I think I did it right. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it tasted okay. So. Yeah, as long as it tastes good, man. I don't, you know, it's all good. The color looks good for, for what I could just see right there. It looks like, like said, a toddy. Yeah, I, I, like I said, it, it's that's what I love too about what we're, what we're doing today is it's straightforward, simple stuff. Because I was like, you know, we're we're all capable of mixing these things, but we're not. You know, we, we may not have a full bar. Brandon has a few more more tools and and fun than, than the rest of us. But but you know, none of us are, are going to go and. And open up our own cocktail <laughs> tail, tail bar so <laughs> you know being able to, to to get just something simple but also flavorful is, is i i've enjoyed it um you know it's just it's it's pretty pretty neat and you know you talked touched on this as we're, we're going to be drinking through this what besides just working with you know lauren and abby and lexi and believing in what they did what drew you to spiritless and, and kind of you know sold you on it I, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, my, my own journey, right? I mean, you know, as I decided to stop drinking two and a half years ago, and I, and, and I think I've actually probably said this on your show, and I will say it for the rest of my life, Brown Foreman was incredible, incredible. I mean, I was only six months into that job with Woodford when I made that call, right? So six months brand new, really, as the New York ambassador for Woodford Reserve, and I'm like, hey, I'm not going to drink anymore. And uh, Elizabeth McCall the assistant master seller, you know, future of our, you know, of what Woodford's doing called me like not a, you know, not a text message, like called. And she was just like, we got you. We're in this. Don't, you know, we love you. Um, and it was awesome. And the, the, the rest of our, my time there was great. And then it just got to the point where it was like, I knew that I needed to do something else. And I also needed to get it out of the way. Like they, Woodford deserves to have somebody in that role and that, you know, I had done all I could do in that, in that, in that capacity and they deserve to have somebody that could do the job all the way. And it was just time for me to do something else uh, that aligned more with my life. And uh, it literally just, Abby reached out um, and we just knew some of the same people and said, hey, you know, we have, we have this product, they sent it out to me, we talked about it. And then we just went back and forth and it was just like, uh, you know, I'm in a position to do really cool stuff uh, with this brand to help spread this, you know, this product out into the world and, and share the message of, you know, other options and, and responsibility, which is important to me, but also to just do something that aligns with my values and, and my lifestyle and where I'm at. And, um, you know, but I don't leave the industry, you know what I mean? It's never going to be a thing I don't want to be a part of. Um, so this was a great opportunity to stay where I want to be around the people I want to be around um, but do it in a way that's healthy for me and also a really positive thing that I think our industry needs you know this this NA category while while it's being driven realistically the NA category is being driven by the younger generation there, there are people my age and our age that are deciding not to drink 
but it really is a lot of the younger generations that are deciding not to get started or to not drink as much and are looking for alternatives. Whoa, whoa, so it's whoa. been really We're not cool. The younger generation now. Wait, wait, I don't, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I don't think we are anymore, man. I don't I hate that. That gray? Yeah. We're not. The grays, the grays are it's a real oh, thing, man. It's yeah. uh it's been, it's a sad reality. I'm sorry to brush your bubble, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it's it's all you know, long-winded answer to say it just it just aligned with where I was and life just worked out in the right way. Um for me to come on board and help kind of grow the thing and uh it's been awesome awesome ride well it's some good stuff and and as we're going through the the toddy seth for first first time making one first time having one what do you think well um i mean i can see why they're popular but um uh, i won't be making a whole lot more toddies <laughs> <laughs> you going with the whiskey sours <laughs> yeah I, I would much prefer the whiskey sour or uh or old fashioned actually is probably my preference for sure. Brandon, as a guy that has has had hot toddies before, probably actually knows more of what the heck he's doing with this. What do you think? It's spot on. I mean, it couldn't tell the difference, honestly. Um, <clears throat> you know, where I probably make, especially in the wintertime, I probably make my wife 15 to 20 hottie toddies during the week. So, you know, it's kind of got, I've got it kind of in the groove with the, with the hottie toddies, but uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's there, man. I mean, it's, you know, you get, you get the flavor profile, the little bit of the bourbon, you get the honey, you get the, you get the lemon. And it's just like you said, just to add as much as you want to, if you want that tartness, you want that sweetness, um, you know, so I think it's, it's fantastic. Now, now as the guy that said beforehand, how honest do I have to be? I'm guessing you've enjoyed this night. I have. I've had a great time. Yeah. So love to hear that. I love that. Now you, you kind of teased this. So I'm sure you can't say a whole lot, but obviously the the brand. Um, I, I had I remember seeing this lot like last year, kind of right when I was getting more into just the whole industry in general. You know, I had gotten to talk to some of the folks at Seed Lip Spirits, where they're doing some really cool things with um, you know distilling uh, non-alcoholic spirits that are just kind of gin-esque in the world, not gin at all, but just that's probably the best way I could describe it. And then I still came across like Spiritless 75 and or 74, and I've seen so much more, but obviously you guys are starting, you're in a, a national role over wherever East Coast, things like that, bringing on. Are you guys starting to expand the, the footprint? Because I would say one of the benefits of non-alcoholic compared to everyone else is you can ship it <laughs> a whole lot easier than you can anything else. So is yeah. that kind of the, the goal is to kind of get that nationwide footprint and be able to, to share it with folks now? Yeah. So we, you know, we have, we have relationships in place with some, with distribution really all around the country. We have those directors I talked about are, are based in the Southeast, the uh, West coast, the Southwest, the Midwest, I mean, we have them, we're, we're nationwide now. Um, we're also a direct consumer product, like, like as you talked about, as, as most of the other uh, brands are, so we can ship anywhere. So while, I, you know, the last four or five months I've focused on the Northeast um, and now I've moved into this new uh, director's role and we have a new Northeast um, director. Uh, but I've had friends of mine in Columbus, Ohio, friends of mine in Indianapolis that have all reached out and we've shipped cases we have accounts in places we aren't even selling in yet right so um it's definitely growing like crazy you know i think we're gonna end up having 
So we'll have our, our five directors and I think we're gonna end up having, you know, 20 plus sales reps around the country before it's all said and done. And then, um, you know, we're launching in 2022, we have plans to bring out um, canned cocktails. Um, so we'll have whiskey sour old fashioned, I believe. And then we are going to launch a Reposado tequila this year. Uh, which will be made in the same way. Uh, we'll have canned cocktails that align with that. We'll have a gin coming as well. Um, so lots of things coming down the line, a lot of things in, in r and still, and we're, we're working through all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the goal is to, is to own the space and uh, we are not messing around. So <laughs> we're coming for it for sure. I, I like to hear that. And, and before we kind of to wrap up, any questions for, for Michael? It could be about anything. Because, I mean, this guy, you know, the former cocktail guru, you know, he was a lead bartender at, at Dante's in New York, and and he had a fun career. He even did it in Indianapolis for a while. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did. Yep. Rest in peace, Libertine. Rest in peace, Libertine. Well, first of all, um, salute to you and your your two years of sobriety. That's fantastic. Um, Thank you. Uh, could you just, I don't know, just for me, I just couldn't imagine if you could just touch on it just a little bit. How difficult was it trying to go through that? You being a bartender by trade, uh, working in the bourbon industry, the, the alcohol world, just, I mean, was it, what was the challenge? I mean, I know it was, had to be, had to be difficult. I mean, just to do that. And, uh, I had, I have an amazing support system. And, and, and I, I think I, I have to call, you know, I'll call my wife for a different reason in this moment um, than earlier, right? She's brilliant in the way that she put our, our product, but um, I'm very, very fortunate to have somebody in my life that I could, you know, talk to. Um, but, you know, I just knew it was time for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 and it wasn't the product that was the issue, right? I mean, I, it's never been that. It was just how I was handling it and myself. And, I came to recognize pretty early on that like if I was going to represent a brand like Woodford and I was going to be the ambassador and all these, like I just, I had to get my stuff together and I just couldn't do that with that product, you know, with alcohol anymore. So, you know, it was hard at first, right? I mean, I think I, I got to lean in on, um, it was right up to Tales of the Cocktail, which was like a week long bar convention in New Orleans, right? So as you can imagine, like that's a quite the event. So I got to lean in on that for about a month, you know, like, oh, I'm drying out and uh, it was such a rough time or whatever. Um, so they gave me some time to kind of figure it out. And then I just, I have family that have been through recovery. I have really good friends that I was friends with before that were in. So like, I just had a really great network. And then, like I said, Brown Foreman was, was so great. Um, but I think, you know, th the truth of the matter is I want whiskey every single day, every day. It's, it's never going to go away. You know what I mean? So like, I think the minute that I recognized that, like the power went, was gone. You know, it didn't, it didn't control that anymore. I was like, it's just part of who it is, but it's like, it's just not what I do anymore. Um, so, you know, it's just unfortunate. I was surrounded by great people and, uh, you know, but, you know, embrace the struggle, embrace the suck, right? Some people say that, like, that's just part of the deal, you know? Yeah. Got to run the laps, you know? So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, God bless you, man. That's, that's awesome. Great story. Yeah, my uh, mine's gonna. My question is gonna be a uh, a whole lot uh, less deep. <laughs> so you know, Brad or uh, Jonathan was talking about you being a former bartender and all, and you know, I 
you talking about the cocktail competitions and things and um like if you're having you're having people over you know what is your go-to cocktail that you're going to make you know for a group that's actually probably a tough question make a cocktail for a group <laughs> I'm going to have it all set up on the table and tell you to go make your own damn drink. <laughs> uh, um, no, I mean, like, I mean, that, you know, when, like, when I go home, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a fun little story. So like uh, Christmas Eve every year, my aunt has everybody over the house. I have a big Italian Catholic family on my dad's side, right? So we all go to my aunt's house. It's all the godparents and all that stuff. And the last year that, uh, we were in Indy. My my wife and I bartended for our family downstairs, like in their basement, like in their little bar space. And it was <clears throat> old fashioned uh, and like a whiskey sour rib. And the reason that it was those two drinks is because you can do all kinds of different drinks with those recipes. So we talked about like the sour build, right? So two ounces of a spirit, three quarter ounces citrus, three quarter ounces sugar. So a uh, daiquiri, a gimlet, um, a whiskey sour, they're all made with the same recipe. You just change out the citrus or the sugar or the spirit and you have all these different drinks. Hmm. And they're all light and refreshing and delicious. And like, if you follow that recipe, that ratio, you really can't go wrong. So I think that's something that we would always lean on. And then they're also easily batched. So then you can get a pitcher or a bowl, you know, a punch bowl, and you can easily, you know, the math is not hard to just go, okay, if I do two, I can do two, one, one, really, the so two ounces of a spirit, one ounce of citrus, one ounce of sugar, and then throw uh, bubbles, you know, champagne in there or soda water to stretch it. And it becomes a punch bowl type situation. And it's just done. And it's delicious. And, you know, they can serve themselves with a ladle. So, um yeah, so I mean, realistically, yeah, they knew where the bar stuff was, but like when I'm hosting family, those two drinks, because then whatever my aunt had in the cupboard, right, which was probably vodka, sour mix, and, you know, I, I don't know, the red plastic cherries in the fridge, like, <laughs> I could I could work with that, right? I could find a way to work with that into that ratio. So those, those are probably the two that, you know, the two, the two recipes I would work on, and then you could kind of go all over the place with it. That's it. I like that. I like that. Uh, is is there ever a cocktail that you just hated to make that you can say? <laughs> sure. Okay. Let me let me preface this with hospitality. Make the guests whatever they want to drink. Like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't. Right. You're there to make the drink for the guests. They're paying for it. Shut up and make the drink. With that said. There were certain things at bars that I worked at that rhyme with Schmonte that <laughs> you had, there were just garnished. There were ways we had like the whiskey sour. We had a stencil that was die cut with the, with Dante's name in it. And you had like a, like a spray can, like a aerosol spray can with Angostura bitters in it. And you had to spray Dante into the foam on top of the whiskey sour. And then you lift the stencil off real nice. And it was beautiful. It had the, you know, Dante's name, bold, red, bitters, colors on it. Gorgeous. But on a Saturday night, like, if you don't get it right, you got to redo it. You get one pass. If you don't get it right on the second one, you've got to start all over. You know, you got tickets coming down. Espresso martinis, delicious. But when you got to, like, 
pinpoint the coffee beans on the top so it looks right like frustrating very frustrating <laughs> so never not just that the drink was bad or that the drink that it was hard to make it was the the finishing touches that a program like Dante had right which is why it was why it is so successful and why it is what it is because that was the expectation of perfection all the time and there was no excuses and so like those those were two that towards the end you were just like man no no please no Coach, um, do yeah. you have to have it say Dante <laughs> yeah please can I just like do like the dropper and the swirl thing you know or whatever like it was it was definitely part of it and then you know the vodka soda let's be let's call it out for what it is right like you make the drink for the guests but you know I've had guests that show up you know another whatever story of like coming into Dante like right when we closed and we had called last call and they were an older couple and I saw and I could tell they were visiting New York and I was like man you know if that was if that was June bug if that was my grandmother would I serve her right you know like would I have kicked my grandmother out and I was like no so I went out in the street grabbed them said come on in like I'll make you a drink you know it's Dante you appear for a Dante cocktail and they sat down and ordered vodka sodas and I remember just being like, no, you know, I'm stuck here for another 45 minutes while you drink what you could have gotten at any bar, you know, in, in the city. But you know, at the end of the day, make the damn drink. You know what I mean? They're, they're paying for it. So uh, I, I like that. Seth, Brandon, anything uh, else you want to ask before we, we wrap this up? I think I'm good. I think I'm good, too. Well, well, Michael, you, you, you actually answered my last question because you guys have a lot of cool things coming out. I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to see some of the other products and, and you know, I'm guessing they're going to take the same approach on, on the tequila and the, and the gin and so forth. Is that uh, what, what's going to happen? Kind of that, that same fun approach of, of kind of not trying to blow up their house, but, you know, going through the, <laughs> the right way. Yeah, I think. I think we've got the production process dialed in now. I feel pretty confident about that. Um, you know, I'm not in that room, right? So I, my understanding is that's what we're doing. Um, I might, you know, Lexi might hear this and I might get a phone call after this goes on air telling me that I said something wrong. But um, my, my understanding is, you know, we are absolutely trying to make the product the exact same way. Um, you know, we, that quality of product that comes from what we've had tonight is indicative of what we want all of our products to, to, to live up to. Um, so yeah, I think that that's definitely the plan. Uh, the canned cocktails, you know, obviously it's a space that we want to live in too, right? It's exploding. It's a ease of use. You know, you can just pop the top and, and enjoy it. So we're not making drinks for guests. There's a cooler with cans in there. You know, they can have their old fashioned whiskey sours that way. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting stuff and, and hopefully we'll, we'll have some, some new stuff coming out in the next, you know, six to 12 months. Well, well, Michael, I appreciate it. Seth, Brandon, fun as always, even though apparently we're getting getting old. I, I didn't know that, and now I'm sad. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for this. This has been a blast. No problem. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.